Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Main seated, Luke 18, verse number 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, uh, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Boy, that's a good verse right there, amen, that we ought always to pray uh, and not to faint. He goes on to say this in verse number 2, saying, uh, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, uh, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city, uh, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust, unjust judge saith. Verse number 7 said this, And shall not God avenge uh, his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, uh, though he bear long uh, with them? I tell you uh, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, uh, shall he find faith on earth. Again, verse number 1 said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Father, I love you tonight. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us over the next few minutes, God. I pray, Lord, that we get understanding from your word and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to talk to you about this thought for just a little while tonight, how to have an effective prayer life, how to have an effective prayer life. Two weeks ago, Dad filled in for me last week, but two weeks ago we began talking about prayer and uh, looked at some things on it and um, we have ordered the prayer journals from Brother Kuykendall. Um, hopefully they may be here towards the end of this week or the first of next week uh, um, but as soon as they're here I'll let you know on that and um, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more and I hope uh, that you'll join in with us on those 40 days of praying through that prayer journal. But anyway um, we began talking about prayer and God uh, has just continued to have that thought in my heart in recent days. I don't know about you, but I believe I can say this about each one of you. Uh, I think that you're interested in having uh, an effective prayer life. In other words, God hearing uh, and answering us uh, uh, whenever we pray. Uh, I, I read something the other day and I found it interesting. It said praying uh, around your hand. Praying around your hand. And it was talking about how uh, to be consistent in your prayer. And here's what it said. Your thumb... Uh, is nearest you. So begin your prayers by praying for those closest to you. They are the easiest to remember. The next finger is the pointer finger, the index finger. Pray for those who are teachers, professors, doctors, pastors, or other church leaders or coaches. They need support and wisdom in pointing others in the right direction. Boy, I thought how true that is. You know what? I thought about this, and, and as I was reading through that, I'm just reading this as I read it off the other day. It talked about that coaches at the end, and boy, um, uh, how true that 
that is, they have the, the ability to be able to be a positive or a negative influence on a lot of people. Third finger um, is the tallest finger. It reminds us of our civil leaders. Pray for the president. Pray for the president. Say, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him either, but I'm commanded to pray for him. Amen. Um, I'm, I don't even agree with myself all the time. Can I get an amen right there? But look what it says. The index finger, um, pray for, the, or the third finger, the tallest finger, it reminds us of our civil leaders. Pray for the presidents, leaders in business and industry, uh, administrators and those who lead in positions of authority. These people shape our nation uh, and guide public opinion. They need God's guidance uh, and wisdom. And boy, how true uh, that is. The fourth finger is our ring finger. Uh, and I found this out, and, and, and I actually went back and studied a little bit more on this, but they say uh, uh, either the ring finger or the pinky finger is the weakest finger uh, when it comes to strength. And it says the fourth finger is our ring finger, one of the weakest fingers of the five. It should remind us to pray for those who are weak uh, in trouble or in pain and are going through hard times. People facing difficulties needs prayer at all times. Boy, I thought that was true. Then it says our last finger is the pinky finger, the smallest finger of them all. It should remind us to pray for the youth of our nation. They will become the next leaders of our churches and of our nation. Boy, how true that is. I thought, man, there's a simple way to remember how to pray. You can pray across your hand. I, I thought about this. I, I was reading and I, I, I've got the older I get, the more I read. And I, 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 I read this and I thought it was kind of comical. I hope you'll think it is too. It said a woman invited some people to dinner. At the table, she turned to her six-year-old daughter and said, would you like to say the blessing over the food? And the daughter looked at her mama and said, I don't know what to say. The little girl or the mother um, replied to her, just say what you hear mommy say. The woman replied that to her daughter. So the daughter bowed her head and everybody else did and they closed their eyes and she said, Dear Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner tonight? <laughs> Praying tonight. I read this too. It said two men arrived at the pearly gates at about the same time, both wanting to know they will be admitted into heaven. St. Peter asked the first man his name, uh, where he was from, and what he did in life. The man answered that he, his name was John Brown and that he was a taxi driver in New York City. St. Peter looked through his book, then giving the man a, a luxurious silken robe and a golden staff uh, and bids him welcome into heaven uh, for his eternal reward. St. Peter then asked the second man the same question. He replied that his name is Reverend Smith uh, and that he was a Baptist preacher in Atlanta. St. Peter looked in his book, then gives him a cotton robe and a wooden staff and bids him to enter into heaven for his eternal reward. Reverend Smith says, wait a minute. Why did the taxi driver get a silken robe and a golden staff while I, a Baptist preacher, and a man of the Lord got a cotton robe 
and a wooden staff. St. Peter says the rewards in heaven are based on results. And while Preacher Smith preached, people slept. But while John Brown drove, people prayed. <laughs> I thought that was pretty comical there. I want to ask you a question. Are you interested in God hearing you pray? Are you interested in having an effectual prayer life? I don't know about you, but I believe that I can say this for every one of us tonight. I'm interested in having an effective prayer life. I'm interested when I talk to God that God lends an ear and listens to me. And you know, that's what Nehemiah said as he began to pray. He, he asked the Lord for his ear as he began to pray. You say, well, preacher, how can I pray and get results? How can I have an effective prayer life? How can I see results from praying. Well, let me show you two or three things and I'll be done tonight. Number one, I would say this to you by persisting in our prayers, by being persistent in our prayers. In this story tonight, as we read it and we look at it, this lady in this story continues coming to this judge and making her petition to him, her request, and she keeps coming and coming and asking and asking. You say, preacher, what was she doing? This lady was being persistent in her prayer. You know what? Sometimes I believe that God doesn't answer us with a yes immediately to see how persistent we will be in our prayers. A lot of times, you know, we'll go to the Lord and we'll pray and we'll say, God, I need you to help me with this. And if God doesn't do it immediately, then we forget about it and we move on to something else. But we should be persistent in our prayers, persistent in it. I thought about this years ago. Me and Brother Tim Ramey was in Salem, Massachusetts. And we had a great trip. We went out there uh, to see Brother Brock. We had a church plant up there for years. And uh, we went out there to check on it, up there to check on it. And uh, it's funny, we was going through um, uh, the different places and they would look at Brother Tim and myself and say, talk. And I would say, what do you mean talk? And they'd say, just talk a while. We want to hear you talk. You've got an accent. I said, no, we don't. I'll do. Uh, uh, but anyway, I'll never forget while we was out there um, the first time Brother Tim would mention uh, praying for his sister. Pray for my sister. I don't know how many times uh, I heard Brother Tim say, pray for my sister. And was it 17 years, Brother Tim? 24 years he prayed for his sister to get saved. And you know what happened? I'll never forget one night we started to say, take prayer requests and Brother Tim said, I've got a prayer uh, praise report. And you know what it was? His sister had gotten saved. You know, let me tell you what that was? That was persistence uh, in prayers. You know what D.L. Moody said? He said the only prayer that God won't answer is the prayer uh, that is not prayed. We should be persistent in it tonight. Keep going back to God. Keep asking God. You know what? Every once in a while now, uh, understand something with me. I'm not saying God's like this, but let me make an application for a second. Every once in a while, my kids will bug me to the point 
that I'll give them what they're asking for. Why? Because, Brother Brian, I just get tired of hearing them come back. You know what? Every once in a while, I wonder if God just goes, you know what? They've come back enough. I think I'm going to give them what they're asking for. This lady keeps going back to the judge, and she continues asking the judge, be persistent in our prayer life. Um, you said, preach, I asked God for this, and there's no answer in it. What do I do? Just keep asking. Just keep knocking. Just keep seeking. I've got something that I have in recent, and I don't talk about my prayer life much. It's just uh, every once in a while I'll talk about prayers that I've all answered, but I, I, ju I just don't talk about it much in, in public. And I've talked to some individuals some about it, but one of the things that I've started doing, and talking about being persistent in our prayers, one of the things that I've started doing, if there is an issue that I know about or something that I feel that I may be going to have to deal with, here's what I've started doing, Brother D. See, I've started taking seven days and praying persistently about that for seven days, Brother Dakota, um, before I talk to anybody else about it, before I deal with it, before I, and you know what I've seen God do in some of those things? I've seen God resolve it and may not even have to say a word about it. You know, let me tell you the reason why? Because sometimes, God, will you meet this need? And then we really don't pray no more about it. God sometimes is looking for us to be persistent in our prayer life. You want know results in your prayer life? Learn to be persistent in your prayer life. Keep asking, hey, what are you asking God for right now? Can I ask you that? What are you? I'm not. I'm not saying a, a, a new car or 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 a bigger home. Or I'm talking. What are you trusting God and what are you asking God for right now? What are you believing God for right now? You say, preacher, what are you believing God for right now? Well, I don't really want to share it with you because it might overwhelm you. You say, well, what in the world? Well, you know what. There was a day 16 years ago, Brother Robert, we had a dream of being where we're at right now. And you know what? If that's the only vision that I had for our church, then you know what we're going to do? We're either going to die or I'm going to resign. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. Hey, be persistent and believe God for something and be persistent in it. Number one, how am I going to have an effective prayer? Number one, by being persistent. Number two, watch this, by being precise in our prayers. Not only persistent in it, this is just basic things, but being precise in it. Tell God what you want him to know. You know something I can't stand? Somebody beat around the corner. I, I, I made a phone call this afternoon, and, 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 and I promise you at the end of that conversation, they didn't, they didn't wonder what I was thinking. Now, I didn't fuss at nobody. I didn't scream and holler. I didn't cuss nobody out. But Brother Matt, I told him exactly what I wanted them to know. And can I say something? That don't mean that you're unchristlike. Now you can do it the wrong way. Somebody give me an amen right there. You can you can deal with things the wrong way and become unchristlike. I'll never I'll never forget. Every once in a while, Brother Dakota's had to come to my office before. It's been, it's been a long time since Brother Dakota's been in trouble or anything like that. He said, I've been in there four times. He told me exactly how I many it was right there. But I'll never forget, man. And, and, and I'll say this, Brother Dakota, it's amazing what God's doing. Is I can't believe it myself, okay? But it's amazing what the Lord's doing. But one day we got done talking and we prayed together. 
And, and you said, Preacher, why was you so, why was you so forward with him? Because I saw what he could become. Are you with me? Open rebuke is better than secret love is what the Bible says. And I'll never forget one day we got done. We prayed and we got done praying. We always pray before we start and, and about a quarter of the way through and halfway through and three quarters of the way through and at the end. And we got done praying and I shook his hand, hugged his neck and had tears in my eyes. I said, man, I love you. He said, I love you too, preacher. He stepped back down. He sat there a minute. And we just started talking. Started, we grabbed us a drink or something, just started talking. He looked at me. He said, you know what? I said, what? He said, you're the only man that can rip somebody's hide off and pour salt in it and then them look at you and go, thank you, I love you. <laughs> you can deal with things in the right way. And I'll tell you something tonight. Being precise, I was precise with a situation this afternoon. When we pray tonight, we should be precise in that. We just need to tell God what we want God to know. Jesus did, did he not? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's pretty precise right there. That's pretty direct and to the point. Hey, Jesus was not in an angry manner saying that. And he was not in a bitter spirit saying that. But he was precise pouring his heart out to God. I think sometimes we think that praying is some big prayer language that we have to go through. No, praying is simply telling God what we want to see him do. Can I just say this to you? He already knows what's in your heart and your mind. So why not just go ahead and tell him about it? Why not just go ahead? Man, I'm telling you, I, I, um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. And I prayed for a while. I just didn't pray for any old woman. I prayed specifically, precise what I asked God for in a wife. And you know what God done? God gave me that. And I know the biggest part of our young people is back there tonight, but if you're sitting in here single tonight, you're to pray precisely of what you want God to give you in a husband or in a wife. Amen. And, and, and can I say something? When, when, when you pray that and, and you ask God, don't settle for second best. God will give you the best. Amen. He did my wife. He will you. <laughs> He did me and Miss Leslie be precise in our prayer lives. Tell God, you know what, I love the story. I'm sure you remember this story in the Bible. I love the story of Hannah. I love studying that and the story of Hannah. And Hannah, you know, was barren and she went to the Lord and began to pray. And Hannah didn't say, Lord, just give me a baby. No, she said, I, I, she laid it out. This is what I want. And you know what God done? God done that don't mean that God's going to give you everything that you precisely ask him for. But we should be precise. You want to see, you, you want to have an effectual prayer life? Be persistent in it. Stay with it, man. Pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Pray without ceasing. Number two, not only pray persistent, but pray precise. But can I say this tonight? Number three, by being passionate in our prayers. Being passionate in our prayer. Passion is that which drives us. It's the energy that fuels us to overcome difficulties. 
Passion is what drives us to conquer our goals and passion is what is needed in our prayer life tonight. The reason a lot of times we're not persistent in our prayer lives is because we're not passionate about praying. Can I be real with you? The biggest part of the time when people become passionate about praying is when everything is going south in their life. That's when people get passionate about praying. Guilty as, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody about that. We let something go wrong. We let the phone call come. We let, we let something happen in our life. And boy, we'll be passionate about it. We'll go before God. We'll get sin out of our life. We'll be persistent, boy. We'll, we'll stay with, we'll be precise. God, I need you to take cancer out of this one's life. Or, God, I need you to touch this one. I need you to touch their heart, God. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Passion praying usually comes in difficult times. But our prayers should be passionate all the time. Let me tell you one thing that should drive us to have a passionate prayer life. Look at who we're talking to. Just think about who we're getting to talk to when we're praying. Just think about it. I thought about this. The only things, and you've heard me say this many times, the only thing the disciples asked the Lord to teach them was how to pray. He said, Lord, teach us how to pray. I thought about what the Bible said in James chapter number 5, verse number 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I find it interesting. I'm just going to hit this in passing. But I find it interesting the order of that verse. Confess your faults one to another. Then pray for one another. Because if you've got faults with each other, you're not praying for one another. The person you're praying for will not be the person you're talking about. Amen. That's just truth tonight. The person you're praying for is not going to be the person you're talking about. Because when you go to the Lord and you begin to pray for them, you know what the Lord's going to say? You need to go talk to them. Well, I don't like it when he tells me that. How about you? You need to go talk to them. But he says, confess your faults one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent means hot, boiling, glowing, goes on to say this, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Tell you what happened, he was passionate about his praying. He was interested in God hearing him. You've heard me tell this story before. But they was building one of the buildings at uh, Myrtle, Mississippi, where Dr. Percy Ray was at. I love reading the book, A Ray for God. I got it down the other day and read back through a lot of it again. Man, I just, it, it, it's just, I love it. I, 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 it's interesting. He had a prayer team and the qualifications uh, of his prayer just to be on his prayer team. I was going to be honest with you, half of us wouldn't even make the qualifications to be on his prayer team. But anyway... They was building some of those big buildings, and there was a man come, uh, uh, come pulling up there at Myrtle, Mississippi, where Dr. Ray was a pastor at, and he said, hey, there's a bad storm in town at training, and it's coming this way. There was pouring cement for it. And he said, what do you think we need to do? And he said, well, all we can do is pray. 
The story is told that the rain began coming and as it got closer and closer to him that Dr. Ray knelt down beside that cement pad and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars was being poured that day in cement. And he said, Lord, this is your money that we're spending on this. He said, this is your money. And God, if you decide to ruin all this concrete, that's up to you. It's your money that we're spending. But if you could help keep it from coming through here, we sure would appreciate it. The story is told that the rain came right to that concrete and split and went around that concrete and come back together on the other side. And not one bit of rain ever got on the concrete that day. Man was passionate about praying. That, that kind of praying didn't come from one prayer that morning. He was passionate about his prayer. I'll never forget. I'll never forget this, and I'll give you the last thing, and we'll be done. I, I'll never forget when 2016, that revival of 2016. Matter of fact, um, if you've never read it, we still have some of those books that was put together from that. That revival in 2016, over 200 saved, and I think it was nine, wasn't it, Brother Dakota, called to preach out of that meeting again. I'll never forget a night that a tornado came through right behind that tent, literally right behind it. There was trees down, power was out right behind that tent. It never, the, the, the wind hardly never even blew around that tent. Let me tell you the reason why somebody was passionate about their prayer. Somebody was getting a hold of the Lord. You want to have an effectual prayer life? You, you want God to touch your prayer? Can I say something to you? Can I say something to you? You got to be passionate about it. You got to be passionate about it. I'll give you this lastly. Number four, if we're going to have an effective prayer life, then our prayer life not only has to be persistent, has to be precise, has to be passionate. Our prayer life's got to be pure tonight. It's got to be pure tonight. The Bible said this, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We cannot separate the relationship between prayer and purity. We can't separate that relationship. If sin is in our life, God is not going to answer our prayer. I, 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 you say, preacher, do you think God answers the prayer of a lost man? One of them. His prayer of repentance when he asked God to save him. If a man's lost, God's not answering his prayers. Why? Because he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. He's not going to answer that. But I sure am glad the moment that that lost man realizes he's lost and goes before God and says, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. I want you to come into my heart and forgive me. I'm glad at that moment God has ate because of the blood of Christ. Iniquity has been removed. Separation has been removed. And fellowship between that man and God is restored at that moment. And God will hear him. Um, if sin's in our life, God's not going to hear us. Listen to what the Bible said in 2 Chronicles 7. He said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. But it's not until our hearts are pure with God. Our hearts have to be pure with God. What did he say in 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Prayer tonight, if we're going to have an effective prayer life, I'm going to say this to you, men ought to always pray and not to faint. We're going to have to have a pure heart. We're going to have to have a pure heart. 
I, I, I want to say this, and, 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 and I'll close tonight. There's, there's some, and now I'm going to need an amen right here. <laughs> there's some people that you're just not going to get along with. Most amens we've had in five years at our church. <laughs> there just is. There just is. But hear me. If you have tried to make things right with them and they will not allow you to make things right with them, your, your conscience is clear of that. There's not one thing that you can do. Remember Charles was, was talking yesterday. He was up here and, and was working around the church and me and him and dad was sowing this grass out here in the front and I had never heard about when Brother Charles got saved. I knew he was saved. I'd heard he got saved, but I never heard his whole testimony. And, uh, man, he, he, he gave me and Daddy his testimony yesterday about getting saved. And, and uh, man, it just thrilled my heart. But anyway, he began talking, and we was talking about different things. And he said, you know, preacher, he said, this one individual, I, I've, I've even asked the Lord, what have I done to them? What have I done to them? You know what he was saying? He was saying, I want my prayer life right. God, if there is something there, I, I want to know. I'll go to them and make it right. But hear me and hear me well. If God doesn't show us nothing and we know we've not done nothing, then it's on that individual. We still have a clean relationship with God. Our prayer life has to be pure tonight. It has to be pure tonight. I, I say this to you. Miss Tina, you care to come start playing softly? I say this to you. Everything else, persistency, passion, everything else, precise, everything else hinges on this one thing. It's got to be pure. It's got to be right. God's not going to hear the prayer of a dirty vessel unless it's a prayer of repentance. Our, to have an effective prayer life, it has to be pure. When you give illustrations about prayer, can you give your own or do you have to give someone else's? When you give your illustrations, when you talk about God answering prayer, can you give your own or do you have to give somebody else's? If you've got to give somebody else's, you want me to tell you something? I, I, want, I want to encourage you to start praying about something and tell nobody else about it. I share prayer requests sometimes. I, I don't share a lot. I share what's brought to me, but I'm talking about personal prayer requests. Personal things, I don't, I don't talk about my personal prayer life. I, I don't say much about my personal life. I, I just don't. It's preach the word, amen? But there is times that I don't tell nobody else, Brother Jim, what I'm praying about. I don't tell nobody else. I'll just go to praying to God about it. I'll just go to praying to God about it. And you want me to tell you the reason I do that? You've heard me say this. I want to know God's still hearing me. It, now, there's times that I'm going to share prayer requests. If I'm sick, if something major is wrong with me, you're not going to have to wonder about it, okay? I'm not that secret person that ain't going to tell nobody, hey, look up in here. Good I want everybody praying that knows how to pray if something's wrong with me. Let me tell you the reason why. Whether you do or not, I like me. And I want to live to see another day. 
God, if I go to the doctor tomorrow and they say something's bad wrong with me, I, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm probably going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to call for the elders of the church. Anointing of the oil is not something you see much. You shouldn't see it in the church. That's to be done in private. They called for the elders of the church. I'm probably going to call for the elders of the church and I'm going to have them to anoint me and pray over me in private. And then I'm going to ask everybody to call everybody to call everybody to call everybody they know and tell them to pray for old John. But there's some things that, Miss Regina, I'm just going to talk to God about. Sometimes because, well, I just, nobody else needs to know about it. If Christy comes to me, says, Preacher, Robert's beating me. We can't get along anymore. It's awful. Will you pray? I, I can't get up in church and... Well, I just did, didn't I? I can't get up in church and say, Robert's beating up Christy and, 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 and their life's in shambles. If, if there's aught with somebody in the church against me, I can't get up in front of the church and tell the church about that. Are you with me right there? So you know what I do? I have to talk to the Lord about it. And there's sometimes I don't even talk to my wife about it. I talk to her. She'll get mad every once in a while. I say, why didn't you tell me about that? And a lot of times it's, I'm, Brian, I'm just trying to protect her. I'm just trying to keep some things from her. I, I know we probably ain't supposed to do that according to the Bible, but I think sometimes it's all right, Brother Matt, just to, if it ain't, I guess the Lord will deal with me when I get to heaven. But they sometimes, Brother Gray, I don't go to nobody. I don't talk to nobody about it. But I got a secret place that I can go to. And I can be as, 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 as open as I need to be with God. Amen. God, you know the need. God, you know what this family's going through. God, you know that storm. You know that storm, it's poking its head up in the church and things the devil's trying to do to destroy fellowship and brotherly love. And Because listen, when God's blessing, the devil's messing. And I'm glad I can go to him and say, God, you know this person, and I don't have to say this person. I can say, hypothetically speaking, God, you know the need that Dakota and the problem that's there right now. And God, I need you to touch that. And God, I've done all I know to do. And you know what? I'm glad there's been some times that I've done that. And boy, all of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, there's been somebody else show up in my prayer closet and go to talking to me. Said, son, you just hold on. Everything's going to be all right. I've got it all under control. I'm glad that I've got somebody in a, a, a prayer life, being effective in our prayer life. I want to be able to give my own illustrations. I want to be able to give my own illustrations. I, I hear Daddy talk about as a boy, I'd watch my Daddy. I'd watch him at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning see we lived like I do here we lived beside the church growing up and I'd watch him walk around the parking lot of that church in the early 90's during the middle of the night praying God would you do this God would you do that God would you do this boy when he went it was just close to a hundred and whenever he left they had built 
three different times onto the sanctuary and needed to build a new sanctuary then and eight, nine hundred people and built a, a, a gym and, and on the back side of that gym was a commercial kitchen with locker rooms and dormitories above it where we had camp and built a retirement home for the, um, the senior citizens in the church where they got to a place where they could still live on their own but they needed somebody to check on them every day. They could move in there and the church took care of them and it had a beauty salon in it where they could go get their hair fixed at it and I saw a piece of land that the people said that there's no way the church will never have that and I saw God give that to him boy I'm glad that I can look back on all those memories but I'm glad that I can stand today and say you know what I can remember walking around places on our property going oh God would you do this right here and God would you do this right here and God would you save this one and God would you take this one and do this in their life and boy here we sat 16 years down the road seeing God do that there's the pleasure of prayer in closing. And the way that you get there is by doing the four I just said. And that pleasure in prayer is when we sit back and go, wow, that's God. Wow, that's God. That's all you can say.